Hi there, it's Dallas Travers. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are indeed listening to Coaches on a Mission, the podcast for values-driven coaches who want a business you're really proud of. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded before we changed the name of the show to Coaches on a Mission. So you're gonna hear a reference to the Six Figure Coach podcast. Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive. So I hope you enjoy and thanks again for tuning in. Hello there. Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast, the show to listen to if you are a purpose-driven coach and you want a values-driven business. So whether your business is brand new or you're growing rapidly, I bet you've gone through periods where in order to get to the next level, you have to let something go. That was the case for today's guest, Megan Seals Dietrich. Megan works full time in ministry inside her church, so time is her most limited resource. And though she knows she wants to grow, she wasn't really ready to let her ministry work go. So Megan came into our session sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place until we dug into her deeper vision, not only for her business and the impact that she wants to make, but also for her life. You see, Megan's vision is also about serving more exvangelicals to help them feel a sense of belonging and transition into a faith practice that aligns with their values. And on top of that, Megan wants her business to afford her the resources and the spaciousness to purchase a home on a large piece of land so that she can foster children and ensure everyone in the family feels spacious and welcome. So in order for her to do those things, it is time to transition, whether that be slowly or quickly, out of the full-time, full-time plus, if we're being honest here, ministry work that she's been doing so that her business and her family can literally have room to grow. So if you feel like you've hit a turning point and something has to give in order to move to the next level, I think you'll get a ton of value from my conversation with Megan. So let's get into it. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in because it sounds like your business has been growing at this steady clip, and now you're at this point where it's time to make some what feel like big decisions. Is that accurate? Yeah, it was It was really kind of like moving forward, and then I hit a moment where I just was like, pause everything. What am I doing? Where do I go from here? Because I can just get caught up with things without really thinking about where I'm going sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. So what do you want to walk away with from our time together today? It'd be really helpful to figure out, like, given the fact that my business is in a transitional time and my life is also in multiple transitional times, to figure out what are some next steps I can take that can handle whichever branch I go in. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Let's loop everybody listening in on the state of the union right now in your business. If you can just give us an overview so that we understand these decisions that need to be made. Sure. So I'd say I'm still a baby business. I um, 
finished coaching school about a year and a half ago and started in this program with, you know, I haven't done the list building side of things, but I've been through getting my language down, doing client surge. I have a decent handful of private clients as well as a small group that I coach that's been going really well. I love them. And that's going to end in November. And then that's bringing to my mind questions of what's next? What do, what do I do next? Yeah. And then, so outside of your business, Megan, I just want to paint the full picture here. You have another job and is it a full-time position? It is very full-time. It's like a job and a half. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It feels like a job and a half. I work full-time for a church. And um, when you work in ministry, you are all in. It is all consuming. I'm a worship leader. But on top of that, I have sort of created more areas for my job. So I run a women's ministry as well as a story ministry. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So, and when we first met, you were pretty clear about wanting to keep that work and letting your coaching business be this, is it fair to say a second priority? Is that accurate or am I overstating? I I think so. Yeah. I I believe in the mission of the church that I work in particular. And so I want to keep helping to move forward with that mission. At the same time, when I started working here, my life was very different. I had lots and lots of time to dedicate to being here, and it was just me. I was going through a divorce, and so I had all the time in the world, and now I'm remarried, and I have two stepchildren, and so I think I need to figure out where all of the things need to be. Where does the business fall? Where does the work fall? How can I sustain this life and not go crazy and also pay the bills? Because the reality is when you work for a church, you um, are not rolling in the dough. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Got it. And maybe one last foundational question here. Why don't you loop everyone in on uh, who you currently serve in your business? I know there's a bit of a question mark around that. We may want to get more clear, but walk us through that. And then we'll dive in and talk about what the next step might be. Yeah. So I started out with a dream client power statement that was a little bit all-encompassing of people who have experienced a toxic relationship with either a romantic partner, a family, or a church. Mm -hmm. And that's been going really well. I actually attract a lot more women who have had a bad romantic relationship in terms of Those are easier to find probably, but I'm feeling a draw towards really narrowing my focus so that I'm primarily focusing on the church aspect. So there's a term called ex-evangelicals, people who have sort of left that evangelical, conservative, right-wing Christian machine and are looking for a more inclusive faith practice. So whether that is Christianity or not, you know, that's not really a problem, but they're looking for a way to reconcile the experiences they've had and also still like rebuild community, for instance. Like that's a big problem with a lot of people because their whole community was tied up in their church. So how do they rebuild community? How do they navigate deconstruction? And then how do they redefine what spirituality needs to be for them at this time? Yeah. I think it's really smart of you to niche down, Mm -hmm. especially if you feel called. And my sense is that 
this narrower niche is more directly aligned with the work you're doing in the church. It is. And it actually is, I think, going to help my brain a little bit to be thinking around the same audience all the time, because the church I'm involved with is um, very inclusive. We are doing this work to the racial reconciliation work. We're doing the LGBTQ inclusion work. We're doing the ableism work. So we're already doing that work. And this way, my brain isn't constantly trying to speak to multiple audiences, if that makes sense. Yep, completely. Completely. And I don't want to throw confusion in here, but I'm going to do it anyhow. What you may find by going narrow right now, because you mentioned your business is still a baby, down the road, if you choose, you may find that those other layers reappear. You can be completely established working with the ex-evangelical, did I say that right? Yes. (laughs) Ex-evangelical audience. And that can give you the foundation and the street cred and the knowledge to scale. And then you may find that you want to bring back in serving women who have who are recovering from toxic relationships. But starting it all at once, you're right, can feel completely overwhelming. So I'm totally for and rooting for this narrower niche. Okay. So what's okay. the big question we are here to address today? So I have reached the point in the process where I need to really start pushing out content I really hit pause on that. And I have been terrified to restart it again because I know it's a beast, but actually narrowing down has reinvigorated my ideas, right? I've got the ideas, but I'm at a place where I need to start making purchases of higher end email marketing platforms, course creation platforms. Am I going to use a scheduler? Am I going to hire a VA? Those questions are coming and they cost very different amounts of money depending on how much time I want to put into this business. And I haven't quite decided yet if I need this to be my full-time job or if this is a side hustle, you know, and I feel like I would make different decisions on these purchases based on that. Yeah. So it sounds like your business is asking you a question here, right? Mm -hmm. Would you like to grow with me or are you happy where we are? Yeah. It's like, you know, when you're in elementary school, you pass somebody a note, like, do you like me? Yes or no. You know, I mean, I feel like that's what my business is doing. Like, are we friends? Are we doing this? And I'm like, I think so. I don't know. know? Like, Let me get back to you. Let let me get back to you on that. Okay. So you may not know the answer to this question, but let's see what comes. What would have to be true in order for you to take your business from baby to toddler? Hmm. What would have to be true? What would have to be true is that I have the time to commit to keeping it going. And also that the money I'm investing in those purchases will be financially sound choices because the return on investment will be there. Got it. Got it. Okay. So a few years ago, I was still running my coaching business, Serving Actors. And that business, it was hot. My most expensive offering was $800. And we were doing nearly seven figures a year. So it was very high volume. Like shout out to high volume, low price point, everybody. It's possible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I knew inside of myself that I, as a coach, was ready to go in a different direction. 
Mm. And there came a point. So there was about a year, Megan, where the actor business was in full force. And I was, I had a couple of power groups and a couple of private clients, kind of like where you are now. Mm-hmm. And I had to make the choice. It, I was exactly, I'm, as I'm sharing this, I'm like, oh, I've totally been here before. And here's yeah. what I realized. Something had to give. The time had to be shifted. And I had to mm-hmm. risk losing revenue. Or I got to stay where I was. It was just really clear. And what I decided to do was make the switch and make a big leap. And the thing that helped Mm -hmm. me do that was doing some very informed, educated guessing. So can I walk you through that a little bit right now? I think this will inform both the money piece and the time piece. Okay. So what would the next step, if your business were to grow... What would that look like? Would it be another group? Would you bring on more clients? Like what what would be the next addition Mm -hmm. to bring in more revenue in your business? So one thing that I have heard from every person that is going through this like spiritual deconstruction process is they just feel like they don't belong anywhere anymore. Mm -hmm. They have this longing for community and Many of them, I just spoke with a girl two weeks ago who sought me out, who lives in Kentucky and doesn't have access to communities where that people are trying to figure out faith, still believe in God, but also believe that you can be pro-LGBTQ inclusion and Black Lives Matter. And so a membership program feels like it aligns with that need as Mm. well as I have a lot of issues charging money for ministry work. I'm really struggling with charging money to do this kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand. That is a conversation for another episode if you ever want to come back. (laughs) Yes. But so here's what I heard you say in answer to the question, all the coaches listening are like, Dallas, go there, go there. But we're, <laughs> we're going to stay focused here. Um, the answer to the question in terms of what would be the next step is a membership. So lower price point, right? Mm-hmm. A higher volume to help those people in Kentucky feel like they've got community, right? Mm-hmm. But also yeah. support that's financially accessible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, she's a college student, you know, you get right. a lot of people who they're like, we don't have the kind of money that coaching, I mean, coaching is a privilege. It is, it is not completely, cheap. Right? Yeah, completely. Okay. So if your business, you mentioned multiple six figures earlier, I don't know if that was before we started recording or after, but what would a financial goal be for your business? Yeah, this is a actually a question I've been rolling around with in my Mm -hmm. head. I live in a high price area just to live and I live outside of Washington, DC. So it's very expensive to live here. And my husband and I have a lot of goals around our family, especially around fostering. We really want to have a house that can accommodate foster care in some capacity. And that costs a significant amount of money in Northern Virginia. So, I mean... 150 to 200,000 I mean sounds huge and completely unrealistic to me uh-huh. but if I use the profit first model which is a mm-hmm. book that someone in your group actually recommended and I can take home 50% of that and that money could go towards building this 
this future for foster care. And we know we have another goal of like even coaching transitional teens out of foster care. You know, I can use my coaching gifts there. Yeah. I think that would probably be where I need to move towards. Okay. I'm looking at the higher end of what you said. Let's just talk 200K. Yeah. Okay. So if you kept your coaching, not the membership, but your coaching where it was in terms of the number of clients at the current price point plus the group, how much annual revenue does that bring in? Definitely not that much. Okay. It, does it bring in like 10,000, 20,000? We're, we're um, I'd say about 15 to 20,000. Okay, great. Let's year. low end that. Just Yeah. Okay, so 15K with the coaching. We're not having a conversation about raising your rates or charging today. What you're charging okay. is great okay. for today's conversation. <laughs> but today, I love this idea of a membership to make things super mm-hmm. accessible to people. Okay, so what we're looking at is $185,000 a year through a monthly membership program. I'm going to divide that number by 12. Okay. That's $15,416. A month. Okay. Did you have a thought about what you might charge for the monthly subscription? Probably not nearly enough to get to this number. Let's just stay open. You might be surprised. Okay. I mean, I would love for it to be, I guess, under $50 a month, like 45 if possible. 40? Yeah, $45 a month. Great. Maybe. Okay. So I'm going to take 15416 I'm going to divide that by 45 So that's 342 members. Okay. This is a pretty safe estimate, right? Mm -hmm. What I find in my own business, but also in all of the mentoring I do inside of other businesses, 1% to 3% of your subscriber list will invest in your offerings. Okay. So 342. We're doing math in public, and I do not like doing math in public, but here we go. (laughs) 342 is... What did I say? Okay, so what is 1% of 342 is the – so that's 34,000 subscribers on your list. That's so many. Okay. <laughs> it's so many, but now it's a solid number. It is. Right? So that becomes, Megan, the focus, the goal, right? Okay. Now, again, we could have all these other conversations about should you be charging more and, or maybe you want to bring in another group. But let's just for today – Set our eyes on building your list to 34,000 subscribers. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because I do love the idea of creating a course too, because I was a teacher Mm -hmm. in my past life and I'm very comfortable in that zone. I'd love to throw a course in as well as a membership. Yeah. Great. So as an assignment for you, go through this exercise. So how much revenue do I want to make? Right. Mm -hmm. What's the price point of the offering? How many people then do I need to have in the program in order to meet my, my financial goal? And then okay. what's 1% of that? Okay. Or excuse me, that is 1% of what number? So now okay. because what coaches ignore is list building and community building. Mm-hmm. For the reason that you and I are talking today, it requires an investment of time and money. Yes. And so the big question, am I ready? Is it worth it? Comes up. But let's just imagine for a moment that you had the time and the resources to attract 34,000 subscribers to your list. And maybe that's over the course of three years. 
Okay. Right. Let's to make it easy and graceful. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm writing notes as you're talking. No, I think it's great. (laughs) And I think it's great. So if you had the time and resources to do that, would it be worth it to have a coaching business where you're really helping ex-evangelicals at a price point they can afford, creating this community of 342 people who are coming together with shared beliefs and desires, Mm -hmm. buying a bigger home so that you can foster? Mm -hmm. Would that be worth it to you? Yes. Great. I would. Just for everyone watching, when I was faced with this decision, the moment came where I had to make a, a bigger commitment to either stay or go. And I gave myself permission to, again, make these educated guesses to visualize like how possible could it be to do this other thing. And that for me was a permission slip to get started. Okay. How does that land for you, Megan? It, it definitely lands. I'm feeling a little bit teary-eyed right I now, just that. even thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I want to, I do want to create this. I do. Yeah, I really see that. And you have all of the skills and the knowledge and the compassion to do it. Hmm. Okay. Means it's time. Yeah. It's time. You don't have to take this on because it's like, it's coming up for me and not you, but I want to share it, doing the incredibly valuable work you're doing inside of the church, you have an opportunity to help way more people than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been, I've been receiving that message from a few different angles lately that I can, I can do a lot of this work outside. Yeah. And so, yeah. So sometimes the decision point, what it looks like is gambling, right? What we're doing is we're betting here, but we're betting on your vision and your purpose and you. That's a bet I will always take. If you never seem to have enough time to get it all done, maybe you don't remember the last time you actually had a full weekend off, or perhaps you're a master at avoiding the important priorities to really move your coaching business forward. Schedule Domination is your new best friend. That's because Schedule Domination shows you the exact process I follow to design my ideal work week, create space for everything from downtime to client work to list building, Facebook Lives, content creation, really everything, all in a pretty color-coded calendar that's totally customizable and designed to help you feel accomplished, grounded, and productive every single week rather than like this hamster running your buns off on the wheel that never goes anywhere. Sounds really good, right? So what I want you to do is head on over to schedule domination.com right now. Grab this free training. Then send me a photo of your shiny new organized calendar right in your Instagram stories. I'm a total nerdy Capricorn for this kind of stuff. So you're going to make my day. You know, I'm just going to say it. Schedule domination. It just might change your life. Grab the training now for free at scheduledomination.com. And let's get back to the episode. So <laughs> what? how are you feeling about this question? Like, do I grow my business or do I keep it where I'm at? I'm feeling like it's it's inevitable. It needs to happen. It's time. I wanted to write and speak on this platform 
for a long time and I've really struggled to get out of my comfort zone. And this is the time, it's the step I need to take to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Because this mission matters that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I threw the number three years out there. You can go faster or slower, but is it okay for the purpose of our conversation today that we use that as a sure as a framework? Great. So what we're looking at, if we're the goal is 35,000 subscribers in three years, it's about 830 people a month. Yes. I divide that by four. It's 200 people a week. Okay. Now, list building does not happen that way. It's not like 200, 208 people, 208, right? There are highs and lows. Mm -hmm. But what investment uh, needs to be made in your business in order for you to more gracefully attract 208 weekly subscribers into your community? Well, first I need... An email platform, like that's like yeah. the bare basics. You know, I yeah. need an email platform. I was using the free Mailchimp, and yeah. I, I need to figure out what's going to scale with mm-hmm. me. Having this number is actually helpful because when I see those large numbers on the different price plans for the, there's just so many, it's overwhelming. So I need to find a an email provider. Yeah, I've also recently hired. Um, I've purchased a place in a group coaching for Instagram, kind of like to really dig deep into Instagram and figure out how I'm going to use that platform. So that's money I've already spent, but I feel like it's a good place where I need to be. I need probably at some point, I mean, I know some of your list building strategy involves like DMing people, messaging people, things like that. Hiring a VA to do that for me would be wonderful (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I really don't have time to do that. I just don't. Yep. Okay. And then I want to add a third piece here. Okay. Which is a landing page platform. So okay. I use lead pages. If you're going to build your list, people have to opt in in some way. Okay. And so I think it's those things, an email provider, a landing page platform. And then I'm hearing you say a virtual assistant, someone who could help you specifically with maybe these two things, podcast pitching. Okay. Right. And applying the DM connection strategy that we talk about inside the hive. Okay. So even if that's five to seven hours a week, I have someone for you for that. So don't let me forget to. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Do you think it's too soon to hire a VA because I'm still in the like baby stage of my business? Do you want to grow quick and easy or slow and hard? (laughs) I mean, quick and easy sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when my husband and I were trying to conceive our daughter and I was getting acupuncture and my acupuncturist one day, I just was in a state, right? And I'm crying and I'm sharing and blah, 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 all this. We won't go into what that was. but And he just looked at me with the straightest deadpan expression. And he said, you'll get pregnant, but you can either do it swift and easy or slow and hard. It's up to you. And then he stuck a bunch of needles in my face and walked out the door and left me there crying for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the big piece. The thing that I don't see as a possibility, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but for you, you can't walk out the door today from the ministry work. You're there. No. You want to be there, right? But yeah. it's also yeah. 
like you're you're being paid to be there. But what you yeah. can do today to move forward on 208 subscribers a week is hire someone for $20 an hour, five hours a week. That's $400 a month. Okay. So I think a lot of, as long as we're really clear on hiring, how straight is the line between the work the VA is going to do for you and your immediate goal? And if the immediate goal is list building, just make sure the VA is focused on list building only tasks. Okay. And then from my perspective, you can't afford not to hire one. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was one other piece you talked about because the goal here is the membership program. So mm -hmm. at some point, a course platform is, yes. is on the horizon. Yes. It's an important consideration because... I think the big question is, do you invest in an all-in-one platform that gives you landing pages, email, and course platform all-in-one, or do you patchwork it together as you need? But that course platform is not immediate, but it's definitely a major part of this plan when you're ready mm -hmm. to launch the membership. Yes. Okay. So we talked about the VA. How can I help you make a decision about where and when to invest for an email provider, landing pages, and potentially the course platform? You know, I think really that was the question is, do I do it all in one or mm -hmm. do I just piecemeal it? Hey, everybody, Dallas here dropping in. So at this point in the conversation with Megan, I honestly did not bring my best coaching skills forward. I started to meet her research energy. Right? I started to unconsciously agree that the, the perfect decision mattered when in fact, at least for Megan, what mattered was making an actual decision. So at this stage in our conversation, we started to come up with a plan to research so that she could decide when in fact, what Megan needed most from me was an invitation to just decide. So what you're going to hear next is a part of the conversation we had when recording was over, and I just found it to be much more real and also much more helpful. So we're dropping it in here to the episode. So back to my conversation with Megan. Here's my suggestion, Megan, which is let's just get the train out of the station here. And you don't have a course quite yet. Moving to another platform is relatively seamless. So let's get you started with the least expensive and effective email platform. So look into Active Campaign and Drip. And let's okay. get you started on a monthly subscription with lead pages. Understanding that I can't wait. I got to get 200 subscribers a week. So let me get started with these two services. When I'm ready for the next step of a course platform, then I can decide about the course platform. But I just want to apologize because I feel like I was almost giving you too much information instead of just inviting you to make the decision for right now, instead of the decision that you had to, that had to feel like a permanent one. Is that helpful? It is because I, I get lost in the weeds. And sometimes I think I use researching the perfect platforms as an excuse to not just do the thing that I need to be doing. Yeah. So um, just tell me which one. I'm just going to do it. We'll just, we'll do it. Great. Let's get it going because you can change your mind down the road. And I don't want to feed into this 
pattern of like researching your decisions to death. Let's just get the, like I said, the train out of the station. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. I feel like I've got some good steps here. I know, I know where to go. Great. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the show today. That was a really fun conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. That's really the best way to show your support. Now, if your goal is to build a six-figure coaching business and you need a simple system to get there, I would love to invite you to join us inside the Six Figure Coach Club. I'm so proud of the community we've built there. Plus, the mentorship and training you'll receive is truly unmatched. Now, the first step to joining us is to actually watch the coach class. That way you can see how my approach to six figures can work for your business. And from there, you can apply to join us inside the club. So go to watchthecoachclass.com now to learn more about how I can help you reach your business goals inside the Six Figure Coach Club. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.